Welcome back to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, we are joined with the badass Jason Phillips. Y'all know him. Y'all love him. Hell, fuck, I love him. But he's back. We've also got the beautiful Jeffrey Sue. He looks like he's polished and primmed for all of us today, looking very, very proper. Then we got Jason. Jason's just, well, Jason's Jason. So um, anyway. Um, good or bad, but okay. Thank you. <laughs> actually, you know what? How's your last seven days, Big Jason? We're just going to just jump right into you. But can I first say something? Because yeah, of course. I just want to do it. Um, today, we are actually going to talk about the cost of doing business. Um, today, we're going to talk about the unsaid struggles and work that goes into running a business and trying to be the best. This was actually a topic that Sue wanted to talk about which we just loved. And so the four of us are going to probably just go down these rabbit holes. I didn't sure. do any drugs, so it should be a very well-focused <laughs> podcast for a change. Um, but we do have a fee, guys. If you guys are listening, please tag us, share us, um, leave us reviews. That's how we're able to get great guests on like Jason um, because yep. we were able to get so many, you know, our audience and our reach is so big. And you guys are helping be a part of that. We really appreciate it. But um, Jason, how's your last seven days been, buddy? It's been good, man. Um Let's see. I think finally this week I just recorded a video for New Flame Defense. It's going to be out. Um, I've been looking forward to that launch for a long time. Um, so that's cool. So watch for that. I just did a video for it. It'll get shared on social media. Um, that's cool coming down. Um, what else is going on? Business has been great. Um, I had some people, as I think I talked about, drop off who literally I just kind of got healthy and they weren't really you know, focused on, you know, being a physique athlete anymore. So they kind of dropped off, but I picked up actually a lot of people that were getting run and do prep. And I always enjoy that. And so business has kind of been, you know, I, I lost some clients, but I gained them back. So, you know, I'm always thankful for that. And just, um, you know, that alleviates some stress. Um, personal life's going good. Everything's good, man. I really don't have any complaints. I'm just staying busy tonight. I got a rush from here and I'm going to be recording with Vince on our uh, new ethics hybrid coaching Academy stuff. So I'll be heading downtown at five and probably getting back late, but uh, I'm staying busy, enjoying life. I go to the Olympia December 17th or something like that. So that'll be cool. If you're out there, uh, look to say hi to me. Other than that, I'm good, man. Are you excited when I come see you and we build bunk beds together? All the activities. Are you really bunk excited? Beds? I thought you were going to spoon me. I mean, I want to be the little spoon. I prefer that actually. So okay. we'll do this. We'll make it work. All right. I'll feel that little scruff, the little three millimeter beard on the back of my neck. And be like, yeah, that's a manly beard. Speaking of beards. Yes, sir. Gray Sue, and all. Yeah, no shit. Sue, how's your beard and hamstrings coming along? <laughs> Dude, hamstrings are going great. Every morning now, since I have my own gym in my garage, I do 30 minutes of treadmill walking. Then I do 100 reps of... Um, hamstring curls laying hamstring curls and 100 reps of seated calf raise so that's my morning routine every day i hit them nice. and uh i really do feel like they've they've been growing i like it that's how i got my calves to come up every day man yeah i, I i've been holding a solid 12 dry morning weight and it's the heaviest i've ever been uh, in my life really at this uh conditioning so i've definitely made progress so i'm gonna keep on going and uh you know see you know where things land around like february and you know shred down you know maybe for the summer we'll see um, but business is great. Uh, signed two more clients last week. I passed one off to, uh, Jevin, uh, who's, you know, going to be working with me on clients. Um, a lot of, you know, people in the pipeline for the classes, uh, same thing with coaching. So I think, you know, this, I'm not going to see any, um, drop-offs like I saw last year. 
um, in my business. And I'm just kind of like anxious now about the, the flood of people that would be coming for new year's. And I want to kind of position myself for that. So I've been like working on like templates and like getting my email templates ready. You know, if I could standardize anything, um, supplement lists, things like that, I'm getting all that ready. So I don't have to duplicate any work and waste time. Yeah. So that's pretty much it. Other than that, you know, my house is cold as fuck. That's why I'm wearing a blanket right now. Cause I didn't, you know, um, cause I'm going to be burning some more firewood tonight. And He's doing I'm, so well, he can't turn the heat on. I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing so well as an online coach <laughs> that I don't want to turn the heat on and spend the money. So it's not going to be an unsaid struggle you talk about today that you just didn't turn the heat on. Yeah, like, I, I like get in the cold. I see my own breath as I'm working on client plans. That's that's the struggle of being. <laughs> His hands can barely move. I hate cold hands in the morning. I can't type. That motherfucker's like typing all slow and shit. Yeah, no shit. All right. Well, um. That sounds like you're living the life, buddy. I'm just happy to be a part of it for yes. you. Um, Jason, man, Phillips. I'm going to call you JP. That way yeah. I can differentiate. How's your last seven days been, brother? Busy. Um, I mean, I'm still trying to wonder if I've really made it yet because I turned the heat on in my house. I actually I turned the gas <laughs> fireplace on this morning. And um, so I, I don't know if that means I'm just a giant vagina or if it means I'm not successful enough yet, but I'm going to, I'm going to contemplate the next seven days. Um, <laughs> hit me back with your meditation notes and your journaling sites, right? When I take my edible tonight, I'm going to contemplate, do I leave the heat on or do I, uh, do I turn the fire on tomorrow? Cause it's getting a little colder here in Hilton head. Um, no, you know what, man, things have been good. Uh, you know, people that follow me, they probably don't know. Jay, uh, Theobald, you know, like uh, golf's a big thing for me, man. Like I'm a, used to be a huge golfer and, you know, I played people, a lot of people don't know. I played professionally for a year and a half. Um, so I've, I've been playing a lot more golf. Um, yeah, I think last time I was on here, man, I talked about my dad. And so I've been really trying to make it a point to, to play with him. Um, cause that's, you know, a special thing that I'll always remember. Um, and actually joined a new club here in Hilton head. So just been getting out there, but um, we're changing a lot of things in our business. So it's been, dude, it's fucking 80 hours a week minimum right now, uh, to, to get prepared for this. But like I told you guys off air before we started, uh, should be setting me up to take a lot of December off and, and really have stuff. So, uh, can't complain. And, and I'm actually really excited about the work we're doing, man. It's very fulfilling. It's, it's exciting. It's the direction that I think my companies need to go. Um, so on all good things, man, and excited to be back here. Badass, man. Well, that sounds uh, like it's been great for you, too. Sounds like we're all doing pretty good. So um, my last seven days, well, you guys know I popped a bottle of champagne with Thera Wednesday night. Um, I didn't really publicly put that out there uh, just because of the situation, but um, I paid off my business partner's half of the company exactly in two years um, to his uh, now widow and uh, their son. So Iron House is completely um for in my sole possession now which was a huge congratulations dude thank you man it was it was a big thing like uh you know jason and sue knew like you know to have this big payment strapped to my back every month you know i looked there in the face when we said the deal and you know the team around me like ashley and, and landon said all right well fuck it we're not i'm not looking up until this is done and now i kind of feel like well what's left for me to do you know i almost feel like you kind of won a championship so it's kind of yeah. like now me sitting back enjoying and trying to just recalibrate a little bit, but um, that was cool to do and be a part of. Um, Aaron added 12 clients within a month for Relentless, so that's been cool to see her just kick up a storm. 
Um, and then I've got one to two more spots for coach mentorships. I really enjoy doing that, but I'm only going to carry about eight to 10 at a time. So if you're interested in hitting me up to do some uh, one-on-one stuff, be sure to get a hold of me. And then um, I actually wanted to ask your guys' opinion, but I want to skip real quick and then I'll get back to that because I wanted to kind of have a little free-for-all before we get into today's topic. But uh, guys, so we have the PEC4. Um, all right. <clears throat> I'm just going to let you know the locations and we need your all's opinion. We have Nashville, Tennessee. We have Cincinnati, Ohio. We have Lake Havasu, Arizona. Now, I don't give a shit if y'all pick Lake Havasu this time around, but by God, we are getting to Lake Havasu at some point for the PEC. <laughs> That's the only thing I know. So, um, dude, have you not seen that movie, that shitty horror movie, Piranha? It was all based out of like Lake Havasu. It's like just one big giant party place out in the Havasu is, is just the biggest party town in the country. Yeah, it's it's gonna be great. I'm not even gonna present. I'm just gonna let you present for uh, I'm not so sure anyone's presenting all weekend. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure the whole thing is gonna be let's go to Havasu and and just hang out and we'll present perhaps on talk perhaps talk physique and business and all that shit. So those are our three locations we've been uh, we have access to. We need your all's opinion. Uh, we will present on the same topics that we did in Denver. Um, and we are going to bring on two new coaches. Last time we had Matt and Christina present with us two great topics. Um, I'm going to open that up along with the guys and we'll review PowerPoints starting January 1st. So if you're a coach listening to this and you want to pay your way to wherever we're going and, and just be a part of it, um, be sure to you know hit me up and I'll give you my email address. Get your PowerPoint together for us. Are we do. doing three again, Jeff? No, nah, we're just going to do two because we're going to have Jason and Laura Conlin. We're bringing Laura Got it. back on. Got so it. that will be the Friday. Lauren and Jason will probably be the Friday night uh, special editions. We'll bring them on for uh, Friday too before. But the main core speakers that presented on Saturday will be representing the same topics again. Yeah. It might be some updated stuff. So if you attended the first one, great. And you want to do it again. But it's going to be great networking. Regardless, so if you're interested, please reach out to one of us. You can even hit up JP and let him know if you want Cincy, Nashville, or Lake Havasu. I know we're going to Lake Havasu at some point, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna vote Nashville. But uh, and dude, can I also plug like your event, man? Uh, since I'm like the outsider here, yeah. did anybody that hasn't signed up to try to present there or or tried to come be a part of it, you need to find a way there. Um, I was blown away by what you guys have obviously you know i put on several live events and i go to a lot of live events and i've spoken on some pretty cool stages um man there's magic in that room like there was a lot of people bound by the same kind of mission and people that really had the same outlook on life and uh it, it was it was really cool so you guys have an amazing thing anyone that's out there that's wanting to be a speaker or just considering attending um it's it's worth the time it is worth the you know the investment, getting yourselves there, uh, the connections you're going to make, the the influence that's had in that room, it it's worth every minute, man. Um, so I, I also want to use this platform and publicly just thank you guys for having me out there. I had a blast. So awesome. Yeah, thank great you, man, words. for joining us. That. You know, we'll be bringing yeah. you back on and, and having this one. So we'll go with it. And, uh, you know, he's right. We're actually going to uh, go up to 100 people. Um, so wherever we go, we're going to be able to get 100 in, hopefully. So especially if it's awesome. in Nashville. Because I control my gym, I can do what I want, which is the one nice perk we have. About you can be a that. swinger location. <clears throat> Yo, dude, I dude, I swear. <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening to this now, if you guys check my story, um, local news channel broke here in Nashville that the health department was approving swinger parties of about a hundred people 
because they said that they would make sure the seating was socially spaced. I'm like, have you ever been? <laughs> <laughs> They've never been to a swinger party, have they? <laughs> That's why I said I'm like, I'm like, swinger party. <laughs> I'm like, no, no one's really seated unless it's like, well, something. There's usually another person on top of them, or right, dude, depending upon the way it's going. So um, that makes zero it, sense. Yeah, no, dude. It, but it just goes to show you like how fucking terrible this is. Like, it's like, all right, well, I can't have more than 72 people in my fucking gym due to space restrictions. But I could be like, hey, I'm going to throw this massive orgy. And as long as, we wear ma- as long as we wear masks, but condoms are optional, we're cool. You know what I mean? Like, let's fuck. Just register the PEC as an orgy and we can yeah. rock out 200 people. See, it's going to be a swinger event. I'm just going to wear <laughs> Superman cape. Y'all can enjoy that visual. Um, but anyway, so there you guys go. It's Nashville, Cincy, Lake Havasu. Hit one of us four up. You guys will definitely want to be a part of it. We're going to go up to 100 people, so we should have seats. It's going to be a great time. You know, it always is, so be sure to check it out. And the one thing I want to ask you guys about, so I've been seeing now everyone's starting to do classes, uh, if you guys haven't noticed. You know, it's like classes, classes, classes in the fitness industry. Jason Phillips, you're like the fire behind that, I I think. Um, But, you know, Jason and Sue, you guys have some great classes. I wanted to do something different. You know, I was like, I was talking with Nick who Jason knows, and I think you guys do, you know, he was on yeah. our podcast. Yep. Me and him were talking about doing like a leadership, like um, monthly meetup through zoom, like where it'd be like a networking group, kind of like a mastermind group or something, charge a monthly fee for that. Have, you know, meetings, books, accountability, sales training, leadership stuff, all the stuff, basically like this huge network. I wanted to kind of see what, you know, if you're listening, what you guys think of that. And then, what you guys think of that because i think that that's a missing piece like a networking uh structure inside the fitness industry among top coaches to be able to talk about accountability be able to talk about leadership be able to talk about some of the shit that we're actually going to talk about today you know rather than just having to go through a podcast which you can't always do because not many people want to tune into that outside of the coaches involved so what do you guys think dude i think it's an amazing idea um i mean i invest every year probably a quarter million dollars into continuing education and coaching. And, um, you know, this year I've worked with two different coaches that I've been looking up to for quite some time, but I also invested in uh, Arte syndicate with Andy Frisella and Ed Milet this year. And it's, it's different from any other group I've joined, but it's very, it's, uh, it's similar to what you just described. I don't think it would be, I think what you described is a little higher level. Um, but, um, I've, I've had a lot of benefit, you know, right when COVID started, um, I wanted to take advantage of EIDL and, and PPP and, um, you know, initially my PPP never went through. I was able to go to somebody in Arte that was in the finance world and they were, they were able to push our PPP through right away. Um, you know, same with the EIDL part. Um, you know, just recently I was, dude, I was just looking for somebody for a mortgage. Um, you know, being self-employed is a motherfucker. And so I was looking for somebody that could use bank statement mortgages. And through that group, I was able to find somebody that did bank statement mortgages. Um, that, you know, and, and one of the things you said, you know, I think we're going to talk about today is I early on in that group, man, I was, I was in a, a weird place in like March, April. And, and I'm sure we'll talk about this today. Like I, I worked 10 million fucking hours and I had a post in there and I'm just like, man, does anyone else in here that's an entrepreneur feel like they struggle to, to find fun in their lives? Um, because even like when I'm out, quote unquote, having fun, I'm thinking about my business and I'm thinking about growth and scale. And I was, I was struggling with balance and, uh, it was cool to have that network of high performers to, to speak that to. Cause I think if you go out in the real world and you talk to, uh, you know, your friends that are maybe not as successful as you or, or that, you know, that prioritize fun over, over work, 
um, they're going to have different outlooks and they're not really going to respect your point of view. And, and that's okay. It's not a judgment on them, but it was very cool to have a similar, um, you know, a group of people with similar mindset, similar outlook and doing similar things to bounce those ideas off of man. So, uh, you guys do it. I I'm the first member. I don't care what the rate is. I'm in. Don't say that. You're definitely going to be quoted $50,000 for the year. <laughs> that was my last investment last week. So, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But now I wanted to do it because, you know, like we're going to talk about today and hell shit, we can just go into it right here. Well, you said it's true. I have that struggle too. That life is almost not fun when you're an entrepreneur because you're only, I, at least I suffer from that a lot. It's led to a lot of issues in my personal life because I tend to be just very absent minded, always thinking about, what chess pieces are on the table and where I'm looking and what I need to be thinking about and da, 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 da. And I think that that's something that, you know, when, when I talk to these coaches, I do the consults and I know you guys know this too. When you talk to other coaches, it's always like, yeah, I want the freedom of working for myself. I'm like, but do you, do you understand what really comes with the fucking freedom you're asking for? It comes with a, a hell that some people just aren't ready to deal with, you know? And, and I think that's why our industry has such a turnover rate that's so high among coaches because it's fast money, fast progress, but then it's a really fast burnout if you don't have boundaries in place and stuff like that. So Jason and Sue, me and Jason have kind of just talked about how we kind of agree that there's no fun there as an entrepreneur to some degree. What do you guys have when you want to shed light on that? And then we can get cranking through this as it starts unfolding. Sue, you want to go first? What did you say, Jeff? Exactly. You go first, Jason. You weren't listening at all. <laughs> No, what are you, you doing over there in that blanket? I think it's strangling your head. <laughs> Jeff, just repeat your question. I was just saying, me and Jason just, which lets us, Jason, obviously, JP, he was not listening to you and I. Total non validation. You know, I, you need to swipe <laughs> right on me, Sue, and take I don't even think he's got his phone. I don't even think he's got his phone in his hand either. No, I think he, he doesn't. Just, oh, no, he did. He did. Like my oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. He's just holding himself tight. I asked about me and Jason were saying that, you know, we agree, you know, we both have similar understanding of that life is no longer fun to some degree when you're an entrepreneur. You're always thinking about your business, which holds you at a, you know, it puts you in a very precarious spot with friends and family and stuff like that. Cause you're never really present. You're always just wanting to get back to work. You know, I yeah. get like 12 beers deep hammered and I'm still like, all right guys, tomorrow we get to work. I definitely want to do these things, you know, and I'm like pulling out Evernote and trying to like write cohesive word, <laughs> coherent words, whatever they're cohesive on my phone. So what say you, man, you struggle with that too. I mean, I would say I struggle with that all the time. And I, and I always have ever since, I first, you know, conceived, you know, the, the thought of, you know, becoming a, an online coach and becoming a very strong brand in, in this space, you know, way back in 2013, 2012, around then. Um, I think a lot of people, what they don't understand, or the easiest way to, for, for me to explain it to someone is like, it's like your child. Like, it's like your child that you love and you worry about and you think about constantly even though, you know, they're, they grow up and they're like off on their own. I think a lot of people who are parents out there can understand that. And so take that sort of obsession and love and care. And that's what a lot of business owners feel. So you feel it too, if you're a parent out there, but it's just that we feel this way about our brands and our, our impact and our potential. And so it, it's never ending. It's a, it's a 24 seven in your heart and your mind uh, thought thought process and, and uh, caring process of what, what you're doing or what you're going to do. Yeah. Jason. Me? Theobald. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I think I'm more driven by the feel of fear of failure. So that's what gets me. Um, and, you know, growing up a very middle class kid, maybe even, you know, step down. I don't know. But like I always saw my parents saving um, and just not having, you know, a ton per month. So for me, um, you know, that's one of those things where I'm always even though I don't need to be, I'm always thinking I'm not secure enough. I need to get more secure. I need to be more financially secure. And so that, you know, that feel of fail, fear of failure <clears throat> and, you know, the need to see a cushion in the accounts kind of drives me and it'll drive you nuts. Um, I have over the years been able to kind of deal with it. Um, and I would say now in my 40s, uh, 30s were tough. You know, I was working a law job, 45, 50 hours a week, uh, carrying 100 clients. Um, I'd get home at night and work till 1130. Um, you know, probably not the best for my social life and maybe even marriage, you know. Um, but it's what it took to get the business to where I'm at now. And so in my 40s, I've kind of reconciled with the fact that I need time to myself. So I don't struggle anymore to kind of sit down at 930 and, you know, vape and just kind of chill and watch some TV. Um, I used to, um, I still want more. I still struggle with fair, you know, the fear of failure, but, um, I don't know. I think I've kind of come full circle as I'm moving into my forties now. Yeah. Since we're on the topic of, you know, struggles, let's talk about, we have, I broke this up into four little areas of struggles. We have financial, emotional, mental, and spiritual. Um, let's hit up with financial. JP, what are some of your financial struggles maybe that you've had to like really work through, work hard on, persevere on that you've maybe had to make sacrifices to make happen to put your brand to where it is? It's interesting. Um, every level has brought different challenges. Um, you know, when, when I started up, I, I had nothing. Um, I come from, you know, like very similar to, to you, Jason, uh, you know, middle-class, maybe just a step below. Uh, and I, but I also come from like two parents that worked their ass off to, yeah. to give everything to the family. And so that was always the example that was set for me. And that, you know, I think that's where my work ethic comes from because I watched them really outperform their means. I really yeah. did, man. Like my parents are pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, and I always wanted, I always wanted to be able to do that. Um, you know, I, I love to give anyone that's been around me knows I I'm a giver at heart, man. Um, I was also a struggle in business, but, um, I, you know, I always, I always wanted to be in a position where I could provide for everybody around me. Um, I knew, you know, long before I was in like a romantic relationship, I knew I wanted to be able to provide to a future wife and to a kid. And, um, so as I was starting business, it was, I really didn't have an understanding of, investing in a business to create a return. Um, I had a very transactional mindset of every task I did had to create immediate ROI. And uh, like, meaning if I was on social media, why was I not getting clients? If I was speaking at an event, like how could I get clients? Like everything became very transactional. And so then the way in which I spent money um, kind of became that way too. And I started there's, there was a fear to invest in myself, which like long-term, uh, 
almost came full circle that when I finally started making money, I'm like, oh, look, I have the money. Now I can invest in myself infinitely. And I, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. I got careless at one point. Um, so much so that when I brought a, you know, I had a, I'm not a business doing a little over $3 million. Um, I had a CPA come in and look at all my books and he's like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, and, <laughs> and it was, it was a big eye opener, man. Um, I was overspending on staff. I was, um, I was underspending on marketing and I had a quarter million dollar tax bill that came out of nowhere because I was so irresponsible. So, you know, the, the financial side has, it's, it's driven me in more ways than one. Um, but very similar to you, Jason, I've always had a fear of failure, man. Um, and I, I don't know if failure for me is the right word. Um, you know, anyone that heard our last podcast, they know I started in anorexia, right? I've always had a fear of, of inadequacy. Uh, when I was 18, you know, I became anorexic. And as I've reflected on that throughout the years, I, my pursuit of getting really was so that guys would respect me or girls would like me or, um, right. That was the vision or that was the story I had in my head. And so I've always had this fear of, of inadequacy. And so I was like, all right, well, I overcame the physical part. And, um, then it was like, well, now I need to fucking get rich. Right. And, and having money, you know, initially wasn't enough. I, I thought I had to be like the, you know, the Insta idiots and fucking flex on everyone and have the cars and have the houses and, Man, like when I had all those, because there was a time where I probably had three cars that most people wish they had. I had multiple houses and, um, you know, I, that was probably the worst time in my life, man. I was so low. I was so lonely. Um, and I would, I'll tell you right now, um, obviously revenue is great, but I, I live the simplest life I've ever lived. And I'm probably more fulfilled by that. There's still a lot of areas of weakness, but I have more fulfillment. So uh, did finances can go 10 ways from Sunday. Um, I think that I, I wish, and this is a whole different can of worms. I wish financial literacy was taught in school. Um, I think it was one of my biggest weaknesses coming out of grade school. I did. I had a fucking 1400 SAT. Um, you know, I was, I was smart. I, I wasn't very hardworking, but I was smart. I had no shit about money and um, it fucked up the early part of my adulthood. So it's, there's a lot to learn for sure. I agree with you. <clears throat> I came from like a middle, more upper middle class <clears throat> and money was something that was just terribly on display between my parents. It's just like, it's almost like that shit grew on trees to some degree, you know? And then one day it was like, it's gone. You know what I mean? And then, you know, that was probably why I was reckless. Cause I remember it was just like, yeah, fuck it. You know, like I didn't have any concept of it until like I went through a divorce and then just got my nuts handed to me and was like, Oh, Oh, well, I got to really care about my credit score. I really got to care about all these other things just because I was too busy, just kind of like not paying attention to the bad habits that my parents had because they were already established. So it didn't affect them as much as it did in your twenties. And I can say that that has probably led to me being so like financially restrictive with how I approach iron house because it's completely cash, cash free, you know, it's our debt free company, all cash. Um, so that's probably been some a great lesson for me, but I agree with you, financial literacy. Well, fact, how has that how how has that mindset affected your ability to invest? Because I mean, obviously, as you know, um, having done some work with me, I'm a big fan of investing in your business um, if you understand the metrics by which you're investing, meaning paid ads and traffic and whatnot. Um, you know, when you're when you're able to build a predictable system, how do you feel like that affects your outlook? Because I I know for me. 
even today, my company spends on average, depending where we're at, $5,000 to $15,000 a month on paid traffic. And I remember the first time somebody told me to spend $10,000 on paid traffic, um, so I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And like knowing that I was getting a four to five to one return, meaning right. 10K in, 40, 50K out, um, the notion of watching $10,000 flow out of my account first before 50 flowed back in was scary as shit. Does it go up for you in any way, man, in, in how you spend in your business? Because I promise you a lot of early entrepreneurs are listening to this and the notion of $10,000 in ads is absurd, but the notion of $500 in ads is also absurd to them. And, and I think learning that investment relative to return, having that principle early on can really uh, navigate some difficult times in business. So I'll, I'll, I'll break it up like this. I don't think given that there was at one point 19 gyms within five miles of each other. And now as of today, I think there's only five or six because COVID and just the economy and just people being dumb in business has really kind of like, you know, lack of a better word, helped us there. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that right out of the gate, the way that we did it was cash. We let our, we lived off of our training, let the business build what it was building and we worked even harder on needing referrals and word of mouth. So still, as you know, because you know our numbers, 33% of our numbers every month is still referrals. Like, I mean, that's outrageous that we keep that consistent and has been for over five years. Huge return on investment and referrals by making sure that that process is shored up. Now, when I brought you on to the fold to help us out and consult with us, I immediately knew whatever money, I just had to get past the notion because I brought on a person who knows what the fuck they're doing to consult with me to tell me what I need to do. And you get us a four to one return. So for every dollar we spend, we get $4 back. <clears throat> so me running $1,500, $2,000 in ads like you want, I'm like, well, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to make six, 8K back. So I let it run. I think it depends upon one, do you trust your team implicitly, which you know I do because I let them run the show and run the meetings. I have yeah. decentralized leadership. And then number two, do you vibe with the, the person that you're consulting with and believe that that consultant is going to get the best results and returns for you? And, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this, I think that, yeah, some fiscal responsibility is, is just, you just got to do it. Like, you know, not making sure you're just getting all the brand new arsenal strength equipment in your fucking gym when you can get that $900 old piece of hammer strength equipment that most people like better anyway and got better biomechanics on. I think it's just kind of like understanding where you're putting your eggs in your basket and who's on your team and then understanding just how far you want to grow. I mean, I make no mistake. I want to have a couple of gyms in 10 years or less, hopefully on the properties and then sell them to big kilometer gym or just run them and pass them on to my sons, A or B. I don't, you know, right now I'm just concerned about making sure my team gets through these next round of lockdowns potentially and we keep growing. But if you're an entrepreneur, you know, it's funny. You talked about Arte Syndicate. I went to their Arte thing, me and Ashley. It was like April of 2019, May of 2019. We went up to St. Louis because I used to be in Arte until some shit happened. My account got taken out of me anyway, long story short. It was actually pretty good. But Ed Milet said, winter's coming. You better prepare for winter. I don't think any, I don't think at the time he knew it was going to be a damn pandemic. Right. But he was not wrong at all. So after that, me and Ashley both agreed like we needed to save, we needed to just do things. I really got like deeper in, you know, just shed my overhead as much as I could as a business owner, man. I would rather have people pull up to my gym and be like, fuck, Jeff has this badass gym. than give a shit about what kind of car I drive. That's yeah. just me personally. You know what I mean? But 
as a sacrifice to chase this gym, Jason and Sue know I don't have a house. I rent. So next year I've got to try to get a house. So that way, cause my oldest son maybe wants to live here for college. We have guests who come because we, you know, we PEC, we would like to be able to do events. So it's like, there's, there's trade-offs there. You know, I have this badass gen that's evaluated, you know, between both my businesses, seven figure business combined all across, but I don't have a house. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? There, there's all these trade-offs, but if you're listening, you just got to make sure that your inner circle, those people that are closest to you, that they really represent you and they're going to push you and make the right decisions and understand the sacrifices you're making to grow and do what you need to do. So yeah, you got to, you got to spend the money if you got a consultant on your team. I agree. You guys want to chime in, JT or Susu? Well, I mean, JT, I, I got it. Yeah, JT, I got an interesting one for you, dude. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember, bro, when you were working in the law office. I remember you were. I mean, fuck. Last time I saw you in person before Denver was Chicago at Junior Nationals. Yes. And I remember I, I said something to you. This was several years ago, I think. Um, I said something about you leaving law because I, I think I was just starting to clear a million dollars. You were. And and you were like. Yeah, like I'm, I'm, I'm way too calculated. Yeah. And in my head, I was like, this motherfucker, like, just go do it. Cause like I saw the potential, but then I was also secretly envious. Cause I'm like, God damn, I wish I was more calculated. So right. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> really fascinated your response here. Cause your perspective, you, you have such a different background to money than I do, but I have so much respect for the way you approached it, dude. So yeah. I, I wanted people to hear that. Like, cause Obviously, it's super small potatoes, but it shows, man, really the, the person you are. Well, so for me, I, I, I am always very calculated and I'm one of the business partners who are always like, do we really need to spend that much money to get the result? You know, that's me. Um, but at the same time, you know, I have a lot of money in stock. Um, I have plenty of cash flow and money that I can spend. It's just I'm a saver. And so for me, when I had that law job, I will admit it was a security blanket. If coaching went under, I always had a six-figure income to come in. So was I being a little bitch? I don't know. I was double dipping in my mind, but I can tell everyone this. When I quit law um, that year, I four times my income and I was already making you know, a, a good living as a yeah. coach. I'll put it that way. So I went all in and by doing that, I, I educated myself. I started taking courses out in Minnesota under a doctor and you know, learning different avenues to expand my business and expand my knowledge. And it was scary uh, for sure the first six months. But then once I realized that by investing all in myself and going all in, that was where I belong and that's where I, I should be. And from there, everything has flourished. Um, I will say that New Ethics, because of our lofty goals, um, we went from 1 million last year, we'll probably hit over 3 million this year, but our dollar spend on ads are over 15K a month. Um, it's just how it goes. Now, does the, you got a significant return? return on ad spend if you're doing three million? Yeah, we're doing real. We we boosted big time this year. Now, will we be able to do that again next year on that dollar? I have no idea. Um, but we weren't even doing email blasts. We got to a million simply on our backs and word of mouth. So <clears throat> when we started doing email blasts and the marketing and everything, it just took off like wildfire. But, you know, for me at first 15 K I was like, Jesus Christ, you know, but um, now I'm like, well, it was worth it. So yeah, I'm calculated, but I do come around usually, but I I've always been that way with everything, even bodybuilding. Like, you know, I always kind of feel the water out and maybe if I had always jumped in harder, maybe I'd be further along, but I can tell you that, you know um, I feel like, 
I did it my way to the best of my abilities and I sleep really well at night. So. Sue, you got anything you want to chime in there? Cause I want you to take the topic for my next point I want to bring up. So if you got anything you want to say there on financial, yeah, I mean, with finances, I mean, I would say I'm the smallest player out of all you guys here. Cause I only have, you know, my coaching business and, you know, I'm not making millions, but um, you know what my, and I haven't really, you know, wasted my money, I would say on anything extravagant. I mean, I bought my house here, which was a little over half a million, but it doesn't like a half a million dollars doesn't go very far in Massachusetts. So um, <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> my house isn't like anything like crazy to look at. It's just, it's a, it's a 1950s ranch. Um, and, you know, obviously I have my car, uh, you know, which it's not a Ferrari, it's a BMW M4. Um, so I really haven't really, been too reckless with my money i think now though that you know i own property and you know i'm getting older you know i'm 30 i'll be 37 soon i'm definitely thinking more long term about investing coaching you for years and you used to splurge on just all kinds of clothes and i mean they looked good but dude i was like man you gotta start yeah. saving buddy dude, i used to dress like a like a frat boy from yeah. like charleston yeah i mean <laughs> you had you always had nice threads but like you know i kept telling you man you're gonna have to put some of this money away and, and you did i mean now you got a house and yeah. you know you're doing you can't afford heat but i mean you have a house <laughs> um, so at least that's a baby step next, next winter. Hopefully you won't have a blanket on. You'll, you'll be rocking heat at 70 degrees, but yeah, um, yeah. everything's, you know, I think you've yeah. evolved. You. <clears throat> I'm kidding about the heat guys. He can <laughs> <laughs> it's just cheap. How, how do you take him commenting about being a frat boy from Charleston since you're so close there in Hilton Head? Jeff, something about your mic. Yeah. yeah your yeah, mic's off. Yes. Is it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he was asking Sue about you being a frat boy from Charleston, and that's only about an hour. Can you hour hear me? Right now. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, now. better. All right, cool. All right. You, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm in Hilton Head right now, dude. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know, like, if you actually, like, you know, found that offensive or not, because we're just I, in a sensitive world nowadays. Frequently, so it, it doesn't doesn't hit home for me. This isn't really, I mean, this isn't where I'm from. It's kind of temporary. So no, no offense taken here, but, yeah. no, I, I feel like uh, – there's got to be someone listening from Charleston that <laughs> that may have just been offended by Jeff too. So um, if if so, I, I'd say just reach out. And hey, I used to I used to love um, what's it called um, Vineyard Vines. That store Vineyard Vines yeah. is really cool. Yeah, well, like, oh, no like, fucking whale. shit, you whale? did. Yeah, well. And uh, I used to like buy these. I used to love boat shoes, right? So I had this boat shoe collection from Salvatore Ferragamo. And My like, next outfit pair, for PC. Like, oh, like, okay. Ferragamo is <laughs> like. Like that, that's a little that's a little much too that, those are like six hundred dollars a pair minimum yeah yeah i had a little collection of them so i was like you know, <laughs> right and he wasn't balling like, dude brown he was one, like a 90 grand one. in massachusetts yeah. i'm like dude come on two oh. signs up three clients gotta get these shoes 90 <laughs> grand in massachusetts. i wonder you didn't get like, the ferrari <laughs> i wonder you got the m4 you had too many fucking shoes yeah. all right <laughs> like like jason said like if i had to actually saved my money from my finance days in my 20s and I didn't blow it on like like dates with girls I met on Tinder and like steak dinners. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd probably have like a two million dollar house in Massachusetts. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, it's gonna be like dude, a half million dollar house here in Tennessee. <laughs> at, at one point, I had a 
<laughs> at one point I had more money in car payments every month than oh. I promise you 90% of people's mortgage. Yeah. Uh, like oh, I, I was running close to 4k a month in car payments. Wow. <laughs> so anybody that feels stupid about their spending, like I, I promise you, I can make you feel really good about your spending habits with the shit I used to do. Sweet. I'm going to send you my budget and be like, critique this, tear it apart. Um, There's a reason I'm VIP at Mastro's in Vegas. I I think I'm one of the few people to have spent over a hundred grand there. (laughs) Well, all right. I'm going to Vegas with you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Guys trip. Um, Sue, after you hear about us spending what we spent on marketing and, you know, talking about our growth and our return of ratio of dollars, does that change your opinion for you and what you want to do with first call out fitness going into 2021? I mean, it, it, it does and it doesn't because I know eventually I will be at that point where I'm going to want to do that. And I know that that's the right thing to do. Like I've told all of you, I just don't feel like right now that's the correct next step for me. I feel like there are certain things that I can still be better at and squeeze more juice out of, you know, the oranges that are in my hands, so to speak, before I invest in that ladder and climb up the tree and grab more oranges, you know? You know, I'm, 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 I'm like a, I'm like a believer in metaphors and explaining how I feel. So for those of you out there, stubborn as fuck, I am also yeah. stubborn as fuck, but you I are just, stubborn as fuck. I, listen, I have a vision. Like I know, I, that's like, cool, man. I know what I'm good at. I know when I'm overreaching or I'm underperforming. And right now I feel like there are just a couple things that I need to get really, really good at. Yeah. And it'll increase my revenue going to next hey, year. Man. And after that, maybe I can. Yeah. I mean, you got to be organized to scale. I mean, for sure. And if you yeah. don't feel like you're there yet, I mean, oh. you're all, you're doing great. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. Yeah. It took me a while to, to get there too, man. Yeah. All and I know is happy with the amount of money that I'm making. Jeff Black, do you want to go into like some of the, like, you know, mental turmoil? Things yeah, like I actually, that. I got that next. I was actually just going to say to round this out. Um, the only thing I want to leave with you, Sue, and I know that Jason T and uh, Jason P would agree with me on this, and you know this too, that when other companies and businesses like around you are struggling, when you put your foot on their throat and start revving the engine, they can't sustain to keep up with you. And you buy proxy. If you have a good enough war chest, you could take a lot of market shares and really dominate a market in a fast amount of time is what I've seen with the, with that. So just keep that in the back of your mind. If you're a new entrepreneur listing, you know, most, when people are going into recession, they start scaling back companies that go from good to great, hit the gas and don't fucking look back. Um, And Sue, I've got you buddy. I want you to kick off. I want to talk about emotional struggles. Do you want to peel that back and be sensitive for us? Yeah, well, uh, do you need your, do you need your boat shoes on real quick? Because my I next outfit, my in. next outfit I present in is going to shit all over what you used to wear. That much I promise. <laughs> I already shed all those old skins, but I don't even have any of that. Like Farragut. I'm going to wear my Bring it back. <laughs> um, well, hey, like when I first came up with this idea, or I told you guys that we should talk about this like deep emotional business shit, I was feeling kind of depressed. And I'll be honest, like, like lately I've been feeling a little depressed being alone in this house and not being around like the people that I used to see every day at my apartment complex and just being around like some noise, you know, and like the nights get pretty quiet out here. You know, I have a lot of land and everything. And it was like this big goal that I wanted to do. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This shitty year of 2020, I'm going to buy a fucking house. And uh, I did it. I did all these things and now things are quiet. And I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do next? And then, you know, I talked to people who are close to me 
And they're always like, Jeff, like, why can't you just fucking like chill and just celebrate your successes and not always be so anxious about what's next or what can you do better? But like, that's just who I am. Like, I can't stop, you know? And um, I think that's one of my biggest struggles is that like most of the time, like I'm happy, but I'm also very deeply unhappy. And I don't think a lot of people can understand that because I think a lot of people will look at my life and be like, damn, like you get to work from home. You just bought this house. You got a nice car. You work out all the time. You do whatever the fuck you want. And how can you be unhappy? But I am. I am unhappy a lot of the times, if I'm going to be honest. What do you feel like that is emotionally for me? How do you feel emotionally about, you know, what you're going through? Like, does it hurt your heart? You know, does it make you sad for things you feel like you're missing out on? Does it make you, you know, fantasize about a future that you could have where you leave all this behind? You know, for me, the struggle is always like, what else could I be doing? Or like, am I doing the wrong thing right now? And I always like, like, there's this book I read when I was like in, in high school or college. It was, um, it was written by Sylvia Plath. And uh, it was called The Bell Jar. And in The Bell Jar, there's a character, this girl who like stands in front of a fig tree. And each fig represents like a different life that she could have like a different career, a different lover, a different place to live and all that. And she stands in front of this tree and she watches all the figs fall to the ground and die because of her indecision and inability to act on something. She just can't choose a path. And for me right now, I feel like in a way, like I'm like frozen and I don't know like what I want to do next. And that sort of echoes my statement saying that, oh, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing right now and squeeze a little more out of the oranges I have in my hand, right? Because I really don't know where I want to take things next with first call out, you know? Can, can I give you some advice? Sure. I, I, I mean, I've been in all those places. Um, you know, I have a few years on you. I have a few years in the coaching game. It comes down to your perception, man. Like every day I get up and I'm like, dude, I get to fucking go to the gym when I want. I get to help all these amazing people. I don't have to worry about my finances. If I want to go to a nice fucking dinner, I do it. Um, I've got friends, I've got family that care about me. Like if you look at your, the, if you perceive everything in a positive light, it does help immensely. Um, because you, you're very blessed. I mean, you really are. We all are that can make a living doing what our passion is. I don't know. You said, you're not sure you're in the right place, but I, I know I am like, I was not meant for law. I faked it for 14 years, but it wasn't my thing. Um, but knowing that I'm in my passion, knowing uh, that I'm living the life that even in college, I kind of wanted once I found bodybuilding, but I didn't know how to get there. Um, I wanted to supplement company. I wanted to help people with nutrition because I was already helping the football guys. And, um, so I think perception really, you kind of have to change your perception. I mean, I want to make things clear is that like, one thing I want to make clear is like, it's not that I'm unsure I want to be a coach or be in this space. I'm sure of that. Yeah. I'm not sure where I want to take first call fitness next. That's what I'm Jason T. Yeah. Why I have you? Let's talk about some emotional struggles you've had. It's been an interesting year for you, my friend. You know, as long as I've ever met you, you yeah. know, I've always been, I've always known Stephanie. You know, yeah. and and this has been a year where you, you kind of opened up a new chapter. So you want to kind yeah. of peel into that a little bit. Um, whatever you're comfortable with, bro. You know, yeah. I love you the same. I'll smoke a bowl for you regardless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes two people grow apart, um, but we're still business partners. Everyone should kind of know that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really hasn't been, um, I guess some, you know, you sit and you, and you sulk and you wonder why, like, 
did you, or did you fuck up? Like, you know, is there something wrong with you? you? You go through all that stuff whenever you have a big breakup and a, just any change that's huge in your life. And if people that know me know, I really don't like change. I'm a creature of habit. Um, that's how I do best. And that's how I'm successful. I'm very, very regimented. So yeah, I mean, it threw me for a loop. And then of course, you know, like here I am trying to move a house, eat 1800 calories and diet for a pro show in three and a half weeks. But I needed that, I think to divert my mind, um, to kind of show that it wasn't going to break me, um, all those things. So, you know, it has been an emotional year, but, um, I still look at all the things I have and, um, I'm just kind of grateful to be honest with you. So I don't really sit and sulk. Um, I've always been one of those guys that you get knocked down, you move forward. And that's just how life is. Um, Maybe I get that from sports. Maybe I get it from my parents. I'm not sure, but you know, you take you you take that next step forward and you move forward and make your life great and you seek that happiness that you want. So you know, yeah, it's been a tough year, but um, I don't know, man. I'm in pretty good spirits, and I just think it's my perception and how I look at things these days. You know, in your 40s, I've done more self introspection, more. I even did therapy on my own. Um, you know, all that stuff can kind of help. And um, I'm not afraid to admit it. And, uh, you know, you work on yourself. And um, I think I'm in a pretty good place. Yeah, you know, emotionally, this year has been, <clears throat> it's been interesting, you know, like, uh, personally, you know, me and uh, Ash has been my better half for almost six years. We kind of just don't know what we're going to do at the end of the year. You know, do we, we stay together, or, you know, just because it's comfortable? Or do we, you know, talk and yeah. see if we could kind of you know, break through to another side or do we, you know, call it for a little bit? And, you know, I understand that's very, very, it's very stressful. You know, um, I went back into counseling last year just because of the shit I had to go through with my business partner. And, and then me writing that book triggered a lot of like memories I had suppressed from my bone disease, in my childhood and just things that have spilled over, you know, um, emotionally, I can say that I don't know if I have regrets, for where I've arrived to professionally, the things like I've had to sacrifice emotionally to get there. But I know that there's nothing more painful than when a partner looks at you or your children or those close friends who are just like, Hey, are you there? Are you there? And I'm like, yeah, I'm here. And like, well, you're emotionally unavailable and you want to be emotionally available. Like you want to be there in that spot, but there's just like, I don't know, man, it's just like something changed in me a few years ago when I got into this game all by myself and I've been trying to find that missing piece to go back to, like JP said, having fun to go back to, you know, when someone wants me to be emotionally present. Yeah. I can sit there and be there with them through the good and the bad rather than just be like, Oh, that's nice. I'm just going to go do some other shit to occupy my time and, and things like that. Um, JP, you got anything you want to chime in on this emotional before? Uh, I know you brought up a good point that I want you to talk about here in a second, but uh, I'm sure we've, you struggled a little bit there emotionally. And um, I could spend hours talking on this topic. Um, you got 10 minutes and don't shoot Sue up. I, I resonate with what every single one of you guys said at, at different levels. Um, you know, I'll kind of start with you. You know, I, I struggled today. I mean, I'm 36 and I, one of my employees, so a lot of people don't know um, this time last year, I had a really intense struggle in my businesses. I sold one of my businesses um, I basically fired everybody in my company and I built the other business from, from the ground up. Um, I had, you know, what was about $300,000 a month in recurring revenue. Uh, I stripped it all the way down to 40 and we've, we've rebuilt and it was a really emotional time for me. 
Um, but I had also gone through more personal struggles. Um, my marriage was in shambles. Um, I, I was a new dad and I didn't feel adequate as a new dad. I felt like some of the experiences were being pulled from me and, and I lost every ounce of fulfillment in life, period. Um, and so business, business became something I had to do. It didn't become anything I wanted to do. Um, and so one of my employees at the time made a statement to me. He watched my talk at Google and he said, you know, people love that person. You need to bring that person back. And, and I remember like feeling like someone had just stuck a knife in my heart um, because it's, I, I had had that realization before that I had effectively changed, but somebody actually publicly acknowledged it to my face that, that yes, I had in fact changed over the course of five years. And, and I hated that. And, and I, to this day, um, it keeps me up some nights wondering, do I try to get back to that? Has this change been a negative change? Am, am I just a fucking cold hearted dickhead now? Like I, I questioned so many of those things. Um, you know, I think in business, it's very, uh, you know, the emotion that sets in for a lot is imposter syndrome. Um, that's, that's yep. driven by, by so many things. Um, you know, we all know it as coaches, you know, we, we struggle with a client, a client's not compliant. Um, they look around, their friends are having success with another coach and, and listen, we're all very intelligent at what we do, but it, it'll make the best coach in the world question themselves at times. And, um, you know, I've been attacked. Uh, I, uh, you guys know the more you become successful, the more attacked you get. I was not equipped to handle that. I, I was not emotionally strong at all to handle the shit talk. Um, it, it's been a ride, man. Um, again, I, I could go down this for days, but uh, Jeff, I, I kind of wanted to speak to Jeff Sue, what you said, man, um, not knowing the next moves. And I think uh, Jeff Black, it kind of leads us into the, the next topic, um, which is, yeah. you know, a, a lot of people get in and coaching is their job, right? Um, I, I don't know about you guys. When I started coaching, I had no fucking idea I was going to be a millionaire. I, I had no clue. I, I charged one person $100 to work with them. Um, and, and I mean, shit, dude, evil. Like I remember back in the day, you and I would chit chat from knowing each other on the forums. Yep. Neither one of us were fucking killing it, dude. No. Like it was a tall, I mean, this is back when you worked with Shelby, like this is a long time ago yep. and it was just a passion project, man. Like we would message and, and I mean, we were just having fun, bro. We were fucking kids yep. and I, it was a job. It wasn't a business. And I think that the minute it becomes a business, it changes your perspective on absolutely everything. Um, you know, coaches, uh, I don't care who you are. You're not going to coach forever. And being a coach, it, it's, you can't transactionally trade dollars for hours forever. And so at some point you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, am I actually good enough to scale this? Can I, can I build a product? Am I worthy of creating results for people on a different level? And, um, you know, that, that's been a big struggle for me as well. Um, I think we all like some of the, uh, some of the accolades that come with being the person that created great results. I mean, let's be honest, we're all humans. There's a little bit of ego and there's a little bit of pride there. Um, and really, I think the best coaches are the ones that completely step away from that. Their system does the talking, their products do the talking, and, and they kind of get to live in the background. Um, and I, I feel like I've been living in this almost purgatory type place. Like, uh, very much a limbo where there's half the time I'm actively doing the coaching and there's half the time I'm in the behind the scenes. And, 
there's, there's parts I love of both. There's, there's times when I am, when I'm coaching and, and I'm on a call with Jeff Black and team, I love those guys. But when I'm away from that and I'm looking at my calendar and I'm like, motherfucker, I have 15 calls in a day. What the fuck am I doing? Like it's, I think there's a lot of conflicted emotions around what we do. And, and so I think that the ultimate clarity that's helped me um, and Jeff Sue, maybe this will help you as well is, is that understanding of being a business owner versus working in a business or working the job that becomes a business um, viewpoint is really what I think has saved me. But uh, man, I'll be the most vulnerable one here. I have more self-development to do than anybody on this call. Um, I, I am just now really growing and stepping into my own. Um, JT, you talk about having time to yourself at night, really in like the last six months, it's something I've come to value. Yeah. Um, there's, there's nothing better than just unwinding in bed at like nine o'clock and yes. I, I mindlessly watch a show and, and chill and collect my thoughts and, um, get some sleep, but dude, it's, it's how I recharge my batteries. I mean, I get a lot of energy from people, but I need that time to myself. I mean, it's taken me forever to get there, dude. I, I think Jeff, my favorite part of Arizona or of uh, Denver was after we were just kind of sitting there and we had gotten our food to go. We're sitting in like the lobby of the hotel and I don't, it was probably seven of us in the fucking lobby eating. And I don't think anybody said a word to each other. And that was probably like the best part for me. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm just chilling. I'm, I'm around good people, but I also get to be alone with my thoughts. So I don't know. I mean, it's kind of a, kind of all over the place and, you know, a bit of a stream of consciousness there. But I, you know, when we start talking the emotional side, I, I think, coaches or clients think we all have it together. They think that they come to us and we are these all knowing beings. And um, I try to be as transparent as I can with all of my clients because they got to know that we're human beings too. I think they put us on entirely too large of pedestals. And uh, if we learn to step off those pedestals and be more vulnerable, it actually helps our marketing as well. So take that where you want, brother. Yeah. You know, I'll be real with you. I usually wake up every Thursday and Friday morning with anxiety because I know it's check-in days for me and I've got to be like 100% on the ball, on point. Like, you know, the mental struggle of, you know, because there's nothing worse than, you know, your kid wants to play with you or your partner's like, hey, you know, I need you to be more present. And you're like, ah, but I've got all these people I have to win for right now. And nothing more painful than someone saying, I liked you as you used to be. You know, and and understanding, yeah, and understanding that that you just have this this calling almost like this this incessant pull of tenacity to mentally, you know, provide fortitude to get to where you need to for your clients is just very very hard. Like by Friday night, I don't know about you guys, but I'm mentally whooped. Um, and you know, they're just sometimes like I have to push clients' emails till Monday just because I cannot give any more bandwidth for anyone, and that sucks. Um, you know, when you're kind of going through that, I, you know, I think the mental aspect of, I think that the three of us, four of us on here know that it's not so much of a job. It's more of a business, more of a calling, more of a passion. And the four of us like to play at high levels. We like to make sure that we are the best at what we do. We're recognized as some of the best. We're seen as some of the best. And I don't think people understand like the the hell you kind of put yourself through to be put in that position. Like it, it means, you know, having to take like, you know, um, Jason, you said something about, or JP, you said something about, you know, you weren't able to handle the shit talking. I remember going through that a little bit too. I didn't realize my back was going to be a bullseye board 
you know, when I opened up a local gym and, you know, it just gave me a lot of, you know, and Sue's been through that because he's been kicked out of like more gyms than I think even Jason's ever worked. Jason Theobald's worked out in his 40, 55 <laughs> years of life. However, Jason, ah, fuck off, Jason. <laughs> anyway, um, but, you know, you, you there's this it, it's like bulletin board material, you know, and it's hard to explain that to people like, no, you don't understand, like a mental struggle that I have. Someone talks shit about me. I'm like, cool, motherfucker. I got you're not fucking six coming. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna fuck you up and you don't even know what's coming by the time I'm done with your ass. And that's a hard axe to grind. And that's exhaustive. And this industry is full of that fucking shit. You know, it's full of just everyone chirp, 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 chirp. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'm just like, oh, y'all just see, shut the fuck up because you I don't even understand the hell I'm going through. I want to say something about that, Jeff. Go for and it. Maybe some people listening will understand. But when you're when you're a business owner or when you're really passionate about something, you set yourself out to become the best at what you do. And you're pouring all of your time and emotion and heart and soul into it. Into it you have to truly believe you are the best. Otherwise, like without that confidence, you will crack and you won't be able to make the decisions that you need to make. So you have to have that self-belief in yourself, right? But then like that'll come across as arrogant or cocky or overly confident or, or make people think that you're fake or whatever to people on the outside looking in. And I think that's what causes like the, the shit talking and the haters and all that to, to sort of try to bring you down is because they... They're like, wow, this guy's just like too confident. Like there's, there's no way that someone should be that confident. And um, the pressure then becomes about proving them wrong, right? You start to obsess over what people think about you and you want to prove them wrong because you're the best. You have to be the best and you can't fuck up. And so that sorts of, sort of eats away at you. So it takes time. And I think like maturity and growth to sort of like reconcile those two feelings and eventually just do your own thing and ignore what people say about you, good or bad, and just make an impact and focus on what you set out to do is to, to be the best at what you want to become the best at that. If that makes any sense. Oh, it, dude, that makes so much sense to me. Um, as you're saying that, I, I had this like thought in my head that I, I tend to ride and die by the results I create. Like I'm, I'm so deeply invested. And I think all of you guys are as coaches. Obviously, I coach more business. You guys coach people physically, but I ride and die by, by results, man. Like I, you know, I, I did best example, man. I, uh, I work with a, a gal that's a fertility coach, man. Um, like she came to me and she's doing like 30, 40 K a month. And, uh, her husband's actually one of my really good friends. And I was like, well, I can get you to hundred K a month in, in three months, I think, given the assets. And as soon as we started working together, it was like, I felt this immense pressure and, like she didn't put that pressure on me. She's like, shit, if you get me to 50 K, I'll be happy. Well, I got her to 50 K in the first month, but in my head, I'm like, I got to get you there. So how much of that, how much of the shit talk is real and how much do we perceive? Because I internalize, I don't know if you guys struggle with it. I struggle with it like a motherfucker. I internalize so much shit, man. Um, like, like I, I will almost start putting words into people's heads that they're probably not even fucking thinking, but because I've, I come from such a bad mindset place early in my career, I still struggle with that internalization. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys do it all, but that grinds me sometimes. Dude, I have a fucking list like Billy Madison still next to my bed at the <laughs> fucking prove wrong and just shove it down their throat, you know, and it's all like, like, oh, this is what's very interesting. My perception is probably different than you guys. Maybe Sue can see this with me. 
I think when it comes to owning a local business, the local people are way worse and shittier than on the national level. Like some of the people I met throughout the country, like you guys are fucking awesome. Like chill chat bullshit with you guys 24 seven, but anyone in my local area, I would rather like masturbate with razor blades than like fucking have a goddamn business conversation with them. And I think that you, you see that a lot in the local realm, you know, um, just because, you know, it's so like competitive and everyone, people locally live in a scarcity mindset. People nationally that I've dealt with on the coaching network deal with an abundance mindset. Like, I think the four of us agree like, Hey, you know, if shit goes sideways, we're going to find a way to make money somehow, some way we're just going to pivot and keep rolling and taking the blows. But, um, actually I do have one final question. If you guys don't have anything else you want to talk on that. I signed up for an OnlyFans account. Did you? Yeah. You're going to pose in that fucking blanket. Just that's it. No, I'm actually going to no, seriously. Like this is going to turn the heat on. Cause you better before you're only fans. So on OnlyFans, right? There's a lot of like girls on there that are like, you know, posting naked pictures and stuff, trying to make, make money, right? There are a lot of like, you know, amateur cam girls and stuff like that, right? So I'm going to go on there and talk about like estrogen dominance and like losing weight if you're a female and like controlling your periods and stuff like that, reducing bloat and all that. And hopefully these women will take attention to it and follow me on my channel. And I can talk about like health stuff or like, you know, quick one minute videos and help like cam girls get in shape. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to one up you here. Uh, I, I actually already had this idea, but I had it like 10 years ago when MySpace was popular. Uh, People weren't stripping on MySpace. No, 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 no. But dude, I had this idea. Cause I was like, all right, who needs to be in shape for their job? Right. right. Hookers need to be in shape for their job. Strippers. Right. They like nobody, nobody like goes and watch the fat stripper. Um, so I was like, so I'm living, I'm living in LA and I was working in a gym, uh, that was on a national TV show. And I was like, how do I find clients? Right. And I, I already understood principles of relevancy at the time. And I'm like, who has to work out? I'm like strippers have to work out. So I go on fucking MySpace and I find all the strippers in LA, like all of them. And, and I'm fucking sending them messages. And I'm like, Hey, would love to have you in for a free training session. I know you need to be in shape. And it like, dude, I'm not even kidding you. It fucking worked. Like you just have message seven new clients the first day from messaging stripper. And let me tell you, they got a lot of disposable income. Oh it yeah. Was, it was actually how I started. Like one of the ways I started my private training business when I lived in LA. Um, now, if I'm going to give you business advice here, I'm going to tell you most of the people on OnlyFans are men watching women. And so you may want to consider marketing it to them, not the low women. T baby, low uh, T. That's why they're on there. Yeah. You might want to go that way. Uh, but, uh, I, I have seen, um, where was I? I was on like, I was on like Connor Murphy's Instagram or something. And he mentioned OnlyFans. So I'm like, huh, what a joke. Nope. Dude has one. Um, so apparently there are guys fucking doing it. I don't know if it's knowledge, like what you're talking about, but, uh, isn't there, there's a podcast out there too, where somebody, uh, maybe Peter Atia, like he, he has a, a Patreon or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the one for fitness. It's actually for like fitness influencers. Okay, but OnlyFans is really like like sex. Oh, OnlyFans is like sex. That's that's the point. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. So I mean, if that's where you want to go, and I mean, take your boat shoes, and you know, you'd be good. 
Yeah. Well, I don't know about you guys, but nothing says sex like Jeffrey Sue, if you ask me. So, <laughs> he yeah, especially Sue, just put the blanket down, get the boat shoes, get you a Martha's Vineyards shirt and just lay there pantless. And I, I would you know, probably not pay for it, but I could get behind a good laugh. Um, I, I put down spiritual struggles, but, you know, man, like. I don't know about you guys, but I just do enough acid and mushrooms that that just kind of like takes care of itself on its own for me. Um, and I don't know if that's necessarily the route I want to go because I think I have a really cool way to wrap this up. Um, little rapid, little rapid fire round. Do you guys have anything else you want to contribute as we bring this to a close? Jason, you're like, look like you're falling asleep. You know, is that part of being old or something? Uh, it's just, you know. I, do, I, do I need to do I need to prepare for this as I as I get older? Like you know, I'm, I mean, like, am I gonna what, curl up at four o'clock in the afternoon, take a fucking nap just for no reason? Um, I think I just need to get to bed earlier. Yeah, you do. You probably need to put your whip back on. <clears throat> but uh, that's not happening. Yeah, okay. Fuck that um, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fucking post. in the red and fucking telling me to rest. Because you smoke that much dope. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's how it's from. Like, I'm just like, just stop smoking two hours before bed. You're like, no. Must Hold on, my die, man. You guys are the smart dog. ones. Does that really negatively affect your recovery? Yeah, it does. it does. When I would cut back weed, my HRV would be way better. Which really? Do you, do, you put, do you put stock in that? You put faith in that? I mean, it was, I saw enough data. Plus my deep sleep will be worse too. If I got yep. real high. Every time. So I definitely feel better the morning after not having an edible, but fuck, I feel way better the nights I have edibles. Exactly. So I just say, fuck. That's, <laughs> that's why I don't like a trade off. That's why. And then during my divorce, I took the whoop off. Cause it was like, my HRV was like 10. My recovery was like four. It was like, <laughs> please rest. And I got to move a house and diet for a show. I was like, fuck this thing, man. If anyone wants to feel really good about themselves, I'll wear a whoop for like six months and I'll show you my data and you will instantly feel very good about yourself. I am the single least recovered human on the face of this planet. Yeah, especially when you go out and it's like shot, 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 shot. So you're definitely like screwed 1% recovery. Um Final one final piece of wisdom, one final wisdom that you would like your audiences or our audience here to take away from listening today. Um, Sue, you're fast on your feet. I'm gonna get to you, Mr. Mr. Man, Mr. OnlyFans. What's one final piece of wisdom that you would want anyone listening to take away? I'm gonna say that if you if you truly want to be the best at something and you want to make an impact on the world, expect to live a very lonely life at times and expect a lot of people to doubt you and then those same people to believe in you after you've made it. And it's going to suck and it's going to hurt, but that's just how people are. And uh, that's, part of the, that's part of the journey, part of the game. So you got to be, be uh, expecting that. Is that something you still struggle with today? Yeah, absolutely. And I, th I know it's going to get worse. Um, I've had, you know, I've had former clients of mine who have helped and we were a great, you know, buddy, buddy and all that, like turn on me after, you know, things have gotten bigger and more successful for me. Um, obviously, guys, you know, a lot of local coaches have spoken out against me, but, you know, like I make like 10 times, like I paid 10 times in taxes what they make. So <laughs> and you're very fortunate to pay those taxes to help other people out. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to pay taxes, too. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. I'm starting right. to pay taxes. That's good. That's a good thing. No, you missed one of our early episodes, JP, where Sue talked about all the shit he wrote off, and my accountant immediately emailed me and was like, 
please tell Jeff I'll do a free consultation to help him out because he's gonna get his ass nailed to the wall. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, uh, me, me and Jason, like, I think we razzed him for about like a oh, good month did. about I'm that like, one. Dude, it I, was bad. I'm I still so paid off like forty thousand dollars from like last year. I'm still like I'm on a payment plan on that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Note to kids listening and other adults: don't do dumb shit with your taxes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got stories oh. for you on that one, Jeff. So oh, I know. We should do a we should do a tax episode. <laughs> just be like, bring that on. That'd be great. Just bring some other rich person on too, or some other like poor person. Like, bring on a lottery winner. That's what I really want to do. Find a lottery oh. winner and be like, tell me how your life went. Uh, hey, but seriously, Jeff, I am gonna contact your uh, your CPA though. You should. She's amazing I, to work with. Yeah, if you can work with me out of state, I think so. She does. She working with okay. a few coaches I've hooked her up with. Uh, JT, I'm gonna send it to you. Before you uh, go get pretty to shoot a video with Vince, who's going to make you look really ugly next to him, but because Vince is just so beautiful. So, um, yeah. Hey, what's up? Thanks for that intro. Um, <laughs> I mean, my parting words are this. Um, you need to make time for yourself. You can get engrossed in coaching and business and entrepreneurship. And I mean, you know, for me, that means getting to the gym eating right, but that might not be the same for you. Um, maybe that's not your passion anymore, but you better make time for yourself. Um, or I think that you lead down these rabbit holes that we talked about to unhappiness and not being able to see all the, you know, being blessed and how fortunate you really are to coach athletes um, to be their best. So make time for yourself um, in any way you can that you derive pleasure. Um, and then lastly, don't feed into these negative critics. You know, I've got people that'll come on and because I invested further and can fix females that I'm only a bikini coach. I don't even talk to them. Like I just delete it off my page and I move on and life's beautiful. And I don't give two fucks. I don't really get involved in vindictive bullshit. I keep my brand clean. I put out good work. I show my work. I lead by example in my own body. Um, and that's how I do it and uh, find your way, but don't sit there and argue with idiots uh, either. So those are my two parting kind of things for today. I'm going to take this before I turn it to you, JP, to finish this out for the day. Good. You know, you can be the last tug on the, on the pull of the boat. Um, I'm going to say it's really simple, man. Um, when you look at yourself in the mirror daily, make sure you like what stares back at you. And if you don't, then you got to figure out what work you've got to do. And I've had a lot of people close to me have to like re reinforce that one on me, you know, because some days I look at me and be like, yeah, and just get down to fucking work. You know, some days I don't even bother to take the time to even look at myself in the mirror. Um, probably because I misunderstand myself, just like I'm misunderstood by everyone else. And that's just part of the journey you guys are going to have. This isn't pretty. This isn't beautiful. Social media ruined it for the majority of people who are out there um, by making it seem like it's something that it really isn't. And um, my advice would be just make sure what's always staring back at you, you love. JP, close it, man. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say success and fulfillment are two very different things. Um, the times when I've been the most successful in my life, I haven't always been fulfilled. Times when I've been very fulfilled in my life, um, I wasn't always successful. And I think that if anybody's chasing success, looking for satisfaction or fulfillment, they're chasing the wrong things. Um, I think so many of us think the answers to our problems are more, more money, more clients, more business, uh, more uh, progress in our physique. And the simple truth is you don't need more than anything. Um, as Jeff said, go look in the mirror, get comfortable with what you see. Um, stop telling lies to the person looking back at you and, and really um, make that 
a vision that you love. And once that starts happening, um, that person effectively becomes the vehicle to create anything you want in life. But attaching perceived outcomes to the things that you create is the fastest way to a lack of fulfillment. Um, we do what we do, the four of us on this call, truly because we love it. Um, none of us got into it for the money. None of us are here solely because of the money. We're all intelligent enough to go make money elsewhere. Um, we, we remain in it because it, it truly is a passion. And so um, my advice to everyone, if you're trying to scale your business, if you're trying to grow, if you're trying to build your physique, ask yourself, is this really, is this really what drives me? Do I love the process? If you do, fantastic, you're on the right road. And, and I guarantee you're gonna find success. Um, if you don't, just take some time, reconsider. Um, I promise you, you're not in a position at life where it's gonna end tomorrow. You know, I shared the last time I was on here, you know, I'm in the process of losing my father. That is somebody whose life is ending. None of the rest of us are facing that right now. Um, we have another day. We, we have more weeks, you know, God willing. We have days and weeks and months and years to continue waking up and, and pursuing outcomes. Stop chasing shit that you think is going to validate you. Start validating yourself. That's all I got. Dude, powerful way to fucking close this. Thanks yep. for the perspective. Um, as always, dude, we loved having you on. And I want to actually finish up with, we have some classes coming your all's way. Sue, you've already announced yours on social. So if people are wanting to, you know, get on your classes, follow you at First Call Fitness on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yep. I think Jeffrey Sue on Facebook. Jason, you've already published your classes that you have going on, correct? Hormones. Uh, I, the gut just finished up. Hormones, November 29th. It's, uh, I go over basically metabolic adaptations with hormonal dysfunction and how you see it on labs and how you fix it. A lot of application. So if you're still interested, it's Jason at ScoobyPrep.com. Cool. And JP, give everyone how to get a hold of you. And if you got any classes or anything cool coming uh anyone's way they might want to be a part of besides presenting along with us beautiful folks on uh, at the next PEC. Yeah, um, I'll give you two things. First of all, connect with me at Jason Phillips is nutrition on Instagram. Um, send me a message. I'm actually, I don't know when this is going to release, but I'm tomorrow. Doing okay, perfect. Tomorrow is what? what's that date? The, the 18th. 18th. All right. So Thursday night, the 19th, I'm doing a live training um, Zoom. It's a, it's a private Zoom event. So if you want in on that, just DM me um, at my Instagram and I'll get you the link to that. Otherwise, um, for anybody that can't make it Thursday night, uh, I did just record a training that I did. It's real short. It's like 20 minutes. If you go to ncicoachingformula.com, uh, it's a 20 minute training basically tells you, uh, how to start up scale a six figure plus nutrition coaching business. Uh, if you like what I have to say, there's a link on there, book a call it goes directly to me. Uh, we can get on a chat and, and see where you're at and see if there's anything I can do for you, anything I can help with. Um, not a sales call. Just get on a call with me and, and see what I can do for you. Always looking to add value and, and pay it forward. So. Badass. And then, guys, if you're interested in that leadership group I discussed, uh, hit me up on IG, Jeff Unbreakable Black. Let's uh, get some conversations so I can really frame this out and see how this goes. Um, in the meantime, guys, dude, today was awesome. Jason, P, thanks for so much for joining us as always, man. You always bring it. and. I feel like today is one of those conversations people get to know a different side of all of us besides the razz and jazz we spit with our fingers and our mouths on here and on social media. So it's always good to see a different side uh, to everyone who we're engaging with and, and want to get to know more of. So thank you for being so transparent. I appreciate it. I opportunity, man. Always good time to hang out with you guys. And, and once again, um, man, everyone out there, if you guys can come to the next PEC, do it. 
um, it's, it's worth every minute. It's worth every penny. So uh, look forward to seeing you guys there. Well, if we do it in Nashville, it's going to be a swingers party and we're going to have shrooms. So just go. let everyone know. Sue's, I'm going to, I'm just going to give it to Sue and not tell him I did it. And just I love it. I love okay, it. One more thing, guys, guys, listen, follow me on OnlyFans. First call of fitness for fully clothed tips on <laughs> dominance and publishing gut dysbiosis. <laughs> this is fucking hilarious. Oh, oh. dude, you gotta you gotta put this shit in your stories. I got I gotta honestly see this, man. I can't. I gotta I gotta see that. I gotta see the swipe up. And watch so. this shit work. Amazing. God, I'm gonna be pissed. It, if it does, I'm getting Jason. Dude, if, it if it works it does, for you, I'm gonna start coaching people to open OnlyFans. <laughs> so you're the guinea pig. Dude, if it works, I'm shaving off the beard, mustache only, and I will read oh. like the cortisol connection completely fucking naked <laughs> with a stash. I don't care. I'll just read to people one page a minute, a dollar. Thank you. You know That's what I mean? Idea, Dude, I would even shave my asshole just to fucking get on there. I wouldn't care. Like, I'll shave your asshole for you. Oh my God, we would make all the money in the world. Imagine the tags Asian man shaves white man's. Hairy asshole, ass. hairy, muscular ass. Boy, into that Hashtag bears. <laughs> All right, now we're going down a rabbit hole yeah, that I need. To yeah. now, that was such a now such a serious podcast. Just went. Fucking full yeah. 180. All of our vulnerability just went out the window, <laughs> and we literally became the version of ourselves that everybody fucking knows us to be. So uh, we just came back. We're back just to yeah. say goodbye. <laughs> listen, listen, we can't we were out of space for like a good 75, 80 minutes. We went to we went to an emotional tender area for all of us gents, and now we're back into the usual, like Jason's still fucking old if I get off this podcast episode. <laughs> so all right, guys. So y'all take care and have yourself a good day. And as always, it was great chat. And guys, we got a cool episode coming next week. You guys can be surprised what we got. Those reviews. Yep. Reviews. All right. right, Take care, guys. guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Appreciate it.